thank you for Dave. Thank you for his friendship and his love um, for the ministry and his love for you. And just thank you for his ability to teach and his love for the word. And I just pray right now that you'd encourage and strengthen him. And as we often pray, you'd minister to him as you minister through him to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, Phil. Good morning, everyone. Good to be together uh, this morning. Um, just, just to say, la- last week, and it's, it's <laughs> I realized I had this down to say, and I realized that this probably sounds like I'm just saying this because Phil said something nice about me. But last week, if you were here, Phil kicked off our New Year's, and um, just the last week's message was, it's been in my mind all week. It was one of those messages. I'm, I'm a real visual learner. And probably the visual part at the end, just the significance Phil brought that word from Philippians, you know, forgetting what lies behind and pressing on to take hold of what lies ahead. And, and the reality is sometimes those forgetting things can be the bad moments that sometimes we really struggle to move past, moments of fear or things from our past in that way. But also moments, Phil references, moments of success, the good moments in our past as well that we just kind of hang out on all the time. We just feel like we just want to just stay there in the good moments. And yet there is destiny was the word that Phil used that lies ahead. And can I just say, if you didn't hear the message or see the message last week, I'd just love to encourage you. I recognize last week was New Year's Day and many people weren't able to be here. But if you weren't, I'd just love to encourage you, please, to, to watch it or to listen to it. It was one of those key messages for us, I feel, uh, as we step into this season. Um, and in the past seasons, where we're starting to cultivate today, in the past season, it was very much in line even with what Phil was referencing as well. We, you know, we just finished this series of Generation Next. Um, and, and it's similar, I guess, that what we, the reason why we were pressing into this season, we did this for a few months, is because we just really felt that this was a, the word and the direction of the Lord for us, that, that as a church family, there was a next, there was a new, but even the word that Phil spoke last week, there was a destiny that lay ahead for us. And, and the reason what, what we did with Generation Next, it was teaching from the book of Joshua. And we were just trying to explore, even as we, as we examine the family of God, as we looked at the people of God through the life of Joshua as he led them, we were trying to ask, what are some of the lessons for us as we examined their lives, as they stepped into the new, as they stepped into destiny that was ahead of them? What were some of the obstacles that they had to overcome? What were some of the principles that they had to embed in their life? And this is the reason why we spent so long on... On, on Generation Next and looking at that. And yet this morning as we start to cultivate, while it's a different title, a lot of it is going to continue to, con- to carry and to press into much of the same thing. We recognize that there are certain principles that we need to apply. We need to ask, how do we position ourselves? And in this series, all we're simply going to be doing between now and Easter, we're going to be exploring the parable of the sower. The parable of the sower is a crucial p- parable that we read in the Bible. And we're going to just be looking at lessons from it between now and Easter. Now, the thing is, we're, this morning we're going to read uh, an account of this parable. It's Mark chapter 4. And we're going to read, there's 20 verses that are going to be on the screen. So verses 1 to 20. And yet I recognize that off the back of this, I'm going to speak for about 20 minutes. And so the last thing you want to hear is me speaking constantly through all of this. So I've asked Kathleen Duke to come and read these 20 verses for us. Kathleen is an amazing woman, great friend, and also has great voice for doing lots of public reading. And so I've asked Kathleen just to come and just to read the word of the Lord for us this morning. So let's, can we just pray just as we read? And then the, the words are going to be on the screen and we can follow along with Kathleen. But let's just read this morning. Father, we thank you for your word. 
Thank you that you have said that your word will never change, will never pass away. This morning we stand on the certainty of your word. We thank you for the life of your word. And right now, Holy Spirit, we pray that as Kathleen reads this passage of scripture to us as we follow along with it this morning, we just pray, Holy Spirit, would you speak to us? Give us ears to hear what you're saying. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Morning. Our reading is, as uh, Dave said, from Mark 4. Again, Jesus began to teach by the lake. The crowd that gathered around him was so large that he got into a boat and sat in it on the lake while all the people were along the shore at the water's edge. He taught them many things by parables and in his teaching said, Listen, a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns which grew up and choked the plants so that they did not bear grain. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up, grew and produced a crop, some multiplying 30, some 60, some 100 times. Then Jesus said, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. When he was alone, the 12 and the others around him asked him about his, this parables. He told them, the secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you. But to those on the outside, everything is said in parables, so that they may be ever seeing, but never perceiving, and ever hearing, but never understanding. Otherwise, they might turn and be forgiven. Then Jesus said to them, don't you understand this parable? How then will you understand any parable? The farmer sows the word. Some people are like seed along the path where the word is sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. Others, like seed sown on rocky places, hear the word and at once receive it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Still others, like seed <coughs> sown among thorns, hear the word. But the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desires for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. Others, like seeds sown on good soil, hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop, some 30, some 60, some 100 times what was sown. Amen. And may the Lord bless this reading of his word. Thanks, Kathleen, so much for reading that to us um, this morning. Just the significance and, and how crucial this parable is for us. Um, there's certain words that I was flicking through. I realized I'd missed some slides before I went on, but I don't, I'll reflect on those later on. But yet the significance of this, one of the words that was on there was about, you know, this parable, it speaks about culture. It speaks about preparation for growth. It speaks about getting ready and our readiness and, and yet, one of the things that Jesus crucially says, and this is why we really want to labor lots in this, I think it's in verse 13, 
Jesus says these words. He says, don't you understand this parable? How then will you understand any parable? There was something that was significant about this parable and what Jesus was trying to bring out and apply to our lives that we just feel like we want to just center ourselves around us for the next two, three months and to really try to grapple and to ask, God, what is it that you're speaking to us through this? Over the course of the series, obviously the main focus of this, as Phil has said, next week is Vision Sunday. We'll speak a little bit into this next week the week after we celebrate Craig Atten. But as we get into mainly February and March, as we look at this, the main application of this, obviously, as you read the parable, and you've probably heard this many times, you maybe read it uh, many times in the past, the main parable or the main focus in this is around the soil. It's about the type of ground. It speaks of the condition of our hearts. It speaks of our lives, which as disciples of Jesus is crucial for us to explore. And so we're going to be asking you to journey with us and to truthfully reflect on this, for you to be asking, what is the condition of my own heart? What's the condition of my own life like at the moment? Recognizing that actually each of these different types of ground, you know, it can be reflective of even different seasons in our life and what different things are like. And so we're going to be asking to truthfully journey with us and to reflect as we go through it. We each have a responsibility. And one of the key areas and key prophetic words that even spoke, speaks into this is in the book of Hosea. And it says this, sow for yourselves righteousness, reap steadfast love, Break up your fallow ground, for it is the time to seek the Lord, that he may come and reign righteousness upon you. We recognize that idea of fallow ground, soil that had previously been plowed, that has somehow just got hard again. We recognize there's a responsibility for each and every one of us. And so in this season, that's, we're just going to go to work. We're asking each of us to come just with a readiness and a willingness in this season to be asking the Lord, would you examine our heart? Would you examine my own life in this season, God, and just speak in and lead us? And yet, while the main focus is going to be around the soil um, today and a little bit of next week in Vision Sunday, the thing we're just going to begin by exploring also is around the seed. And then we're also going to just reference a little bit to do with the sower. As, as we look at this principle of the seed, we need to grasp in the parable the significance of the seed. One thing that I'll repeat this morning just a few times, um, that while in the story there are lots of different variables with different results, the one thing that we can be clear of with certainty about what we can take away from the passage is simply this, there is nothing wrong with the seed. There's nothing wrong with the seed. While there's different results that are produced at the very end, there's nothing that is wrong with the seed. And even as we examine, and this is, let me give you a bit of a disclaimer. I'm going to take about five, five, ten minutes, and we're going to geek out on a bit of scripture. We're going to just examine the biblical narrative and to be able to see just actually what is the significance, even as we read this parable, as Jesus was speaking about the significance of the seed, what is it actually as we were able to see the narrative of scripture, what was so big about the seed? What was it that this in itself was speaking to us about? And the seed was crucial. The reference in this as we, as we look, so I'm going to just bring us through just a few Bible passages as we go through this. And I'm asking you, please stay with me as we do this, and let's try to learn and to glean from this the significance even of what the seed means for us in our lives, because today we need you to know there is a power in the gospel, there is a power in the seed that's available to each and every one of us in our lives. The first reference, obviously in Genesis, we read about how God created the world, Genesis 1 and 2, with seed-bearing plants and fruit, and yet in Genesis chapter 3, where I want to start today, in the Garden of Eden, as in the moment where sin comes into the world. In, chapter, in verse 15 of Genesis chapter 3, we have these words. And it says this, I will put enmity between you and the woman, 
between your seed, your offspring, and her seed, her offspring. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. So for the word for offspring here was this Hebrew word that was also meaning seed. And this was the prophetic word that was spoken about the Messiah. While it feels like everything has gone wrong in Genesis chapter 3, there's this prophetic declaration that a Messiah would come. This is the first reference that we have to the seed as the basis of the foundation of the gospel message in itself. A redeemer, a rescuer would come who would destroy the works of the enemy and who also would redeem, who would reconcile and restore all people. He could restore all people and people he would step into and would accept his invitation, could restore people to relationship with God. And this is what we have. This is the good news of the gospel. This is the good news of the gospel that's available for each and every person, the good news of what is available to us in our lives through Jesus Christ. And this is where we start to see the first prophetic declaration of the Messiah, the seed. And yet this seed in itself, while it is prophesied and spoken, God was going to deposit this seed. There was going to be carriers of this seed. And what God starts to do is he starts to place this seed in amongst the people. And so as we go back to Malign in Genesis chapter 12, we get introduced in 11 and 12 to a man called Abraham. And in chapter 12, as we read about Abraham, there's a promise that is spoken over Abraham and about how his family are going to be the carriers of this seed. There's going to be a deposit of this seed into their life. And through their family life, this seed was going to continue to grow. And so this is what we read in Genesis chapter 12. I will make you, this is what God says to Abraham, I will make you a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse all the peoples on the earth will be blessed through you. Saying, Abraham, because of the seed that I'm depositing in your life and what you're carrying, what your family are going to carry, all the peoples in the world can be blessed through you. Peoples on the earth will be blessed through you and your family because of the deposit of this seed that I'm placing within you. And so we see that Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Jacob, whose name is changed to Israel and the children of Israel, and they are the people, the family of God that are carrying this seed, that are carrying them with them. And as we get back to my line, as we go through this, and you see what we read in the story, and if, you've, if you know your, your biblical context to this, this family, as they continue, we go through the whole period of the kings. And what we read even about the nation of Israel, even off the back of, of Solomon and with his sons, the nation of Israel, it splits where it goes to Israel in the north, Judah in the south. And at this moment, what happens is just there's just constant rebellion. These people who are carrying the hope of the world alive inside of them, who are carrying the gospel initiative alive inside of them, this family suddenly just get into this repetitive cycle of rebellion and disobedience and wickedness to God. And what happens the next reference we really have around seed is in this, in Isaiah chapter 6. God speaks through the prophet Isaiah. This Isaiah chapter 6 is that great passage, you know, where it says about how Isaiah sees the Lord sitting on his throne. The train of his robe fills the temple. The coal is taken and it's, it touches his lips. And Isaiah speaks for God. And in this moment as he speaks, this is the word that God speaks through this to this family that's carrying this seed. Listen to what God says. He said, he said, go and tell this people, be ever hearing, but never understanding. Be ever seeing, but never perceiving. Make the heart of this people calloused. 
Make their ears dull and close their eyes, otherwise they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and turn and be healed. This was breaking the heart of God that he was having to do this, but yet he was trying to deal with a rebellion because he knew that there was something significant about carrying this seed and the continuing of this seed. And then the prophet replies and said, for how long, Lord? And he answered, until the cities lie ruined, without inhabitant, until the houses are left deserted. And the fields ruined and ravaged until the Lord has sent everyone far away and the land is utterly forsaken. And though a tenth remains in the land, it will again be laid waste. But as the terebinth and the oak leaf stumps where they are cut down, so the holy seed will be the stump in the land. There's just, see, the children of Israel, they're about to be carried into exile, the Assyrians and the Babylons, actually the nation of Israel in the north, they were never going to return. But yet what God promises even as they get carried into exile, there will be a seed that will be left in the land. Something will remain. This seed will continue. And what happens, we see then, is that as the biblical narrative goes through, there's this beautiful moment where the angel appears to this young girl, this teenage girl called Mary. And in this moment, this is where we see suddenly that actually this is where it suddenly starts to come again. And this is what the angel says to Mary. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. This was the hope. The seed was the hope of the gospel of God, the good news of the gospel of God. And Jesus comes at this moment and embodies that this seed now is deposited in this young girl, this young girl called Mary. I, um, I, I'm seeing Simon down here. We were away yesterday at an open day. With, with our daughter around from friends. And so I, 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 when we were going around, I was excited to get to the science department. So I used to be a biology teacher. And I was excited to get around the rooms, you know, just to see all the different things that were going on. And yet one of the things that I reckon, even in this moment, do you know that verse? This is where my, my mind goes. Do you know that verse that talks about how Jesus, he humbled himself and became obedient even unto the point of death? Imagine even in this moment, the creator of the world, the God who created all things. When we talk about humbling yourself, he became a cell, a seed in this young girl, Mary. You see what happens as the Holy Spirit comes upon Mary and she becomes impregnated with the very life of God. What happens is there is a seed, there is a cell. This is the most humbling thing. The God who created all things and was over everything becomes one cell. Imagine that. The God who is over everything humbles himself to even become one cell that will grow. I'm seeing Mark and Joy here with her baby girl. Grows into a ball of cells in the womb that grows and develops into a baby that suddenly is born, that suddenly grows. But yet in Jesus' humility, because of his love for us, becomes the seed that is alive in Mary, the seed that is impregnated within her. The Holy Spirit places this within her. And yet Jesus, as he comes along and as Jesus is born and in his life, he starts to display everything. And as Jesus comes, he starts to scatter the seed and he starts to tell everyone about the amazing things of God. The seed comes alive. The Messiah is with us. And what we see is that Jesus is the seed. Jesus is the one who is born. And this is why we can be certain of this. And I want to just keep reinforcing this. There is nothing wrong with the seed. Jesus is the, is the message of hope. Jesus is the good news for the world. This is the good news of the gospel, the message that 
Jesus is coming and redeeming and restoring all things. He is the good news for all mankind. He is the hope for the nations. There is nothing wrong with the seed. And yet this Jesus comes and as Jesus proclaims, what we see is that it's not just about the seed, but it's about the sowing. Jesus comes and proclaims the good news. We read this, he goes from town to village proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. He gives his disciples the, the commission in Matthew 28. And then this is the final thing to say in, in Acts 1 verse 8. In the same way that the Holy Spirit came upon Mary and there was a deposit of the seed in her life impregnated and, and carrying now the seed. This is what Jesus says to all of his followers in Acts chapter 1 verse 8. But you will receive power when, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. In the same way the Holy Spirit came upon Mary, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Suddenly we will now be the ones that become impregnated with the life of God and the seed of the kingdom of God. And you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. This is the message that Jesus now says, like the seed that has now come alive inside of you that wants to do amazing things in you. Jesus says, actually, I'm giving you the responsibility now to go and start scattering, to start sowing some of the seed. This is what he speaks to us as the church and as his church and as his people. This is what we know again over and over and over. There is nothing wrong with the seed. But here's the challenge and the question I simply want to ask. That's all my geeky part done. Here's the challenge I simply want to ask. When we can see the significance of what the seed is all about, when we can see the significance of how and the depth and the, the measures that God went to at the very beginning, from that moment when sin came into the world and there was the promise of the Messiah, there's the promise of the seed and how God goes to great measures to continue this seed right through to the life of Jesus. And Jesus now continues this seed in the deposit, which is the good news of the gospel of his kingdom. Now continues it in our lives. As we get to us, the challenge I simply want to ask is this, how confident are you in the seed? How confident are you in the seed in your own life? How confident are you about the seed of the gospel in your own life to do good things in your life for the plans that God has for you? How confident are you in the gospel and even proclaiming it to other people? If Jesus is saying this, you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere. The seed that is alive inside of you, he now says to us as a church, I want you to give it away. I want you to start scattering some seed. In the parable, we'll maybe reference this next week, we can reflect on the sower. The sower scatters the seed. There's nothing wrong with the seed in the parable. There's nothing wrong with the sower in the parable, which was depictive of God. And yet in this moment, what Jesus speaks to us, he tells us now to be the people that go and scatter the seed. How confident are you in the gospel in terms of what it is to tell other people? I wonder if there's a sense of fear or uncertainty when it comes to it. And yet, again, what we need to hear over and over and over ourselves is this, there's nothing wrong with the seed. The message that we have, there's nothing wrong with it. It is life-giving. It is full of life for everybody that hears. And this is why Paul would simply say these words, I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. I wonder, sometimes in our lives, is there a bit of shame? We're worried about what people might think. 
We're worried about how people might perceive us if we're telling them, actually, there's something that I have. There's something that I've experienced that has changed my life. There's a person, there's a God who has just filled my life with love and hope, who has redeemed me, who has saved me. With the good news that is alive inside of us, that is suddenly, and this is where we will over the coming weeks, we will start to ask, well, what is the life that it's bringing us? What is the life that it's bringing you? What are some of the maybe reasons why it's not? We're going to look at the conditions of the soils and all those sort of things. But yet for now, what we somewhat have said, there's, there's a good news and there's a message that the world needs to hear. And this is why in this season, one of the key focuses for us is around this area of Alpha. On the way in, each and every one of you will receive one of these cards. You got them, yeah? And the reason why I want to put one of these in your hands this week is because I want to simply just give you, this is a seed. This is something for you to sow into someone's life. It's an invitation to be able to say, would you be willing to come to this? Even if you feel like you can't say anything and you want to slide it on, you want to slide it under a door, whatever it is, this is a moment for you to be able to take something with you, a deposit, and be able to scatter and deposit it into someone's life. You see, this is our responsibility, not just that it's all about Alpha, but yet we are those that are carriers of the seed and those that now have the responsibility to give it away. And so with Alpha, I want to ask, how, how are we taking responsibility for this? What will we do with this card next week? Or this week or next, I wonder. Who is a name? Like Phyllis just said, there's 800 names in the basket that you've all written. But who's a name you might think of? Who's a person in your life that actually this week, and can I just say, if you maybe at the moment are thinking, actually, I have about 10 people. There's hundreds of these cards sitting at the back. We would love for you to take them with you. I just wanted to give you one each for now. And I want you to take this, even if it's a neighbor, if it's a work colleague, whatever it might be, if there's somebody in your life and actually, let, let's just take, let's take 30 seconds. Phil started by being still. We're going to be still, and we're going to allow the Holy Spirit to speak to us. And I want you to ask right now, who? Who is this going to? And I want you to allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you about this, not me. <laughs> allow the Holy Spirit to speak and ask, right, who, who did you want you to give this to this week? So let's, let's pray. Let's just leave space. Speak to us, Holy Spirit. This is just my encouragement to you. This is our encouragement. The simple thing of just asking somebody. And you know what? It could open the door that even if they don't come to Alpha, it allows just beginning of conversations for you to be able to share your story and about what's happened as the seed of the gospel has been deposited in your life and the good things that have come as a result of it. Next week, as I said, is our Vision Sunday. We're going to be sharing more about this. And yet, as, as we finish this morning, just part of what I would flick through at the very beginning, reality is, as we reflect on this parable, it speaks about culture. We're going to be reflecting on our culture. 
it speaks about how we, we can promote growth in our own life. And yet one of the key words for me, I feel that I just want to land just as we finish this morning in these last five minutes is around preparation. I feel that even at the beginning of this year, it's a good moment to be able to start looking at this and explore what is the preparation that we need um, in our own lives. I, uh, we met with our life group leaders during the week, and we had a great night um, up in the glass space just reflecting and sharing stories of life together. And um, it was Wednesday, and I was, I was saying with them that night, um, it, was, it was that day. I, I know it was, we were just back to work, right? So all of us were just back after Christmas and different things. But I took that day off again. I took a, a day's holiday leave because we had different things that we're doing with our house at the moment. Thankfully, Lindsay, Lindsay, he goes to the church here. He's taking responsibility. Him and his business have been doing loads of the work. But they had been off. And there have been a couple of the um, tradesmen that I'd lined up myself to do a couple of things. And that day I took off because there was, just, there was different things that I needed to do and get ready to prepare this word preparation, right? There was different things that I just needed to get ready. There was floors that needed lifted in the living room, skirting boards that came off. There was tiles that needed collected somewhere else, floorboards that needed collected from somewhere else brought back, stuff that needed shifted around. And I was saying when it got to the end of the day, it was one of those ones that got to the end of the day, and driving into the, the night with the life group leaders that night, I was sitting thinking about it. And the reality was for everything that I had done that day, I know that there's never going to be a moment where I'm sitting with someone in the future that they'll be able to see anything visibly where I'll be able to say, oh, I did that. <laughs> I, I am hopeless at DIY, right? DIY in the height of it is by building Ikea furniture, right? That's, that's as good as I get. So I know for me, right, there's nothing in our new house in the future that many people will be able to look at where I'll be able to say, I did that or I did that. And yet at that day, I just realized that actually for everything that was about to happen as Tyler's as floor guys and different things were coming in, I knew that everything that day, for everything that we wanted to do, preparation is key. For everything that you desire God to do in your life, preparation is key. For everything that you're expecting for and hopeful for in this season, preparation is key. And I want to ask, how are you preparing yourself and making space in your life for some of the things that God is doing this is why Peter would even say these words, therefore, prepare your minds for action. Be sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. The passage that Phil looked at last week, again in Philippians chapter 3, where it talks about forgetting what lies behind, behind. But yet it says this, but I press on to take hold for that which Christ Jesus has taken hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken a hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me. One of the things is this, we just need to ask, well, what, what is the goal that we want to have? What is the stuff that we want to embed in our life? And you know what was all that we desire for God to do? Three days, what it requires in our life is discipline. Ultimately, it's about desire. This is a word that I would just speak. What is the desire in your heart? How much are you actually desiring God to work in your life in this season? It's really easy to just float through life, isn't it? And just to, just to go through the motions of things. But what is our desire for God and for Him to do new things in this season for us? And ultimately, if it was to boil it all down, this is the essence of discipleship. This is what it's all about for us. And yet as we finish, the other sheet you got on the way in, and just a couple of minutes in this, and I'm going to pray, we'll finish just this. We reflected in this last year, reflected a little bit as well on our life rhythms. 
And I, I want you to take this. So I want you to take both of these with you. This one I want you to give away. And this one I want you to take time with the Holy Spirit yourself. I can't force you to do this. But what I will say is that I've asked our life group leaders that on their first night back, which is going to be on the 25th of January, we would love us just to be able to discuss these together. What are, what are some of the rhythms? You see, it's important that we are intentional about what are some of the rhythms in our life that allow us to step into Christ-likeness, to grow in our Christ-likeness, that allow us to engage more with the Holy Spirit. And so that's why in these four different areas, there's certain things that we will do as a church, but I'm asking you, what do you desire to do personally in your life? So with prayer and abiding again, last week we asked, simply asked this question, in case you weren't here, what are some of the spiritual disciplines you need to integrate into your life to anchor your soul in the love of God? That's why I said this last week, Phil is relating us through the Old Testament. We have the whole Bible reading plan at the back where you can read New and Old Testament if you want to do the whole Bible, but Phil's bringing us through the Old Testament this year. Some of the rhythms like this, even around silence and solitude, it's, for me, it's rhythms as well, like that I'm personally just wanting to pick up again, which I'm excited about even in the 15th, but even around rhythms like fasting. These are some of the principles that I want to embed in my life at different moments in this year to help me to try and step closer to God in that way. And so I'm asking you, what what are some of your rhythms? What are some of the things in that box that you would be writing in for yourself? Because you need to be realistic what they are for you, not to copy someone else or to be like someone else, but what is God doing in your life? When it comes to family relationships, if I'm being honest, this is the key one that I felt the Holy Spirit speaking to me about my relationships. I felt last year I just got out of kilter, and I feel that this is the one that He's really getting me at. <laughs> And I'm trying to focus more on this. So what core relationships do you need in this season of life to support you in a journey to Christ-likeness? This is why we're doing Believing and Belonging, but it's why life groups are crucial. If you're not in one, please give us your name if you would be interested in it. But for you, what are some of the key relationships that you have? Who are the people that you're surrounding yourself with in this season? How are you being intentional to be that to other people? Start to figure out what does that mean for you? What are some of the rhythms that you would put in for it? When it comes to mission or work, Obviously, we're, we're doing Alpha as a church, but for you, what's, what's your work rhythms like? What are some of the new things that maybe you sense that God's calling you to do in this season? What are some of the life-giving ways? What are some of the gifts that the Lord's blessed you with in your life that actually you recognize that He wants you to now start depositing in other people's lives? It's for you to ask the Holy Spirit. And then finally, around rest or health, what are the practices of self-care? You need to take care of your body and to nurture your soul in Christ-likeness. Moments like principles of Sabbath, rest. It's for all of us to work out individually. But my encouragement to you, before I just put up the final slide, my encouragement to you is this. Sit with the Holy Spirit yourself this week. Ask the Lord, what are some of the rhythms that He's calling you to in this new season? That as you step into them and as you give yourself to them, that you can be, these can be the things that lead you into maturity, into growing more and more and more like Him. As I go back to this, here's the final picture. And with this, we're done, then we'll pray. You ever be in like Tesco's or, I don't know, B&Q, and you see packets of seeds? You know, you see these sometimes for sale. I don't know about you, but sometimes when I see these packets of seeds, I, the first thought that usually comes into my head is, well, that's a waste of time. Why would I need to grow tomatoes when there's an aisle over there that I can go and buy them? That's usually the thought that comes into my head. And uh, it just seems to be that, if I'm being honest, just as we reflect on is what I want to pray into. Many of us want the fruit without going through the hard work and the graft of actually taking care of the seed. 
Many of us want the results without having to, to be intentional about what it is for personal growth and the essence of what it is to grow these things and to cultivate these things. See, this is what cultivation is all about, how we actually take care of it. Many of you, I'm sure, in this season, there are, there's hopes that you would have. If you could imagine what it, the end of the year would be like, there's certain things that maybe you would love to experience with the Lord this year, certain things that you would love to do. And yet, what the power will tell us is that there's a seed that has been deposited in our life and how we need to take responsibility to grow that seed, to nurture that seed, to cultivate that seed is crucial. There's been seed that's been given for us to give away, <laughs> and invite other people, but yet personally for you, as we finish, and as well, we'll love us just to, could you stand with me just as we close, could you? Next week, we will speak more about this, and this is where we'll speak into with vision. We're going to look about how we want to take care of culture in the church, but we will reflect more on this next week personally. But as we finish, I, I would just love for you, again, we're going to just leave space for, for 30 seconds here. Why don't you just take this, this moment, I'm, I'm not going to lead you to tell you what to pray, but my, my heart in this, and this is why I just wanted to do that bit at the very beginning, there's nothing wrong with the seed. <laughs> Even as we read through the Bible, there's a power in the seed, the power of the gospel, the power of what God wants to do in our lives. There's nothing wrong with the seed. And my question to us, and this is what I want you to just start to invite the Holy Spirit, even in this moment, what are some of the things that he, you need to do? <laughs> take care of this seed in your life? How are you intensely going to try and grow this seed in your own life in this season? And so just as we close, just allow the Holy Spirit to speak. Father, thank you for what you've deposited in our lives. Thank you, your word tells us this, that as a father, you desire and you delight in giving good things to us. And yet thank you from the beginning of time, God, from those opening moments, God, that there was a deposit of your seed, of your kingdom amongst us. Thank you, Jesus, for all that you did and all that you lived out and all that you modeled out. And thank you for the victory that you've won on our lives. And thank you for now what we carry. Thank you for what's available to us. And God, I just pray, Lord, in this season for us, God, as we, particularly God, even as we open the pages of this, uh, the words of this parable, God, in the coming weeks and months, I just pray, Lord, that you would bring life. And God, I pray that even what was, yeah, even what was available, God, I pray, Lord, for the 30, the 60, the hundredfold. God, I pray fruit, God, in this season, God, over every life. God, I pray growth over every life, God, Lord, in this church. God, over every family, over every home. God, we pray growth, God. God, I just pray, Lord, that you would just help us to be intentional in this season, God, with even with what maybe feels like the little that we're carrying. God, I just pray, Lord, you help us to be intentional, God, just allow it to take root in our lives. And so, God, I just pray, Lord, this week, God, even with the cards, God, to give, God, I just pray, would you give us boldness this week? 
Give us an intentionality this week or next, God, to start inviting people to Alpha or even to start opening conversations about you. And God, I also just pray then, Lord, this week, just personally and individually, help us to take responsibility for our own lives. God, help us to just be principled, God, about what it is you're doing. And we just welcome you. Holy Spirit, would you lead us? Give us ears to hear what you are saying to us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Guys, let me just say one thing. Sorry, Phil just brought up his phone there to show me. I think he said, I didn't think he did, but apparently he thinks that he announced the week of prayer starts this week. It's not. It's the 15th.